Alright, hello everybody, and welcome to the spoiler section for the Theater Report for Freaking Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is Sarah. Hey, geeks. Alright, so uh, I guess if you're listening to this, then you've been a subscriber to Patreon.com. So this is our, I guess, what, enhanced review, spoilerific <laughs> review of Dunkirk? Yeah, theater review. <laughs> I haven't really yeah. gotten a name yet. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I guess I picked Theater Report because I felt like it's we're, we're, we're doing reviews on movies that are in the theaters. So I felt like that's not too bad of a name. I guess if we can come up with something different, catchy or whatever, I guess we'll, we'll do that. But I think for now, Theater Report works. Um, so anyway, let's get into the nitty gritty with uh, Dunkirk. So Sarah... Um, Give me your thoughts, uh, spoiler thoughts, on Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we talked about how just amazing this movie is, but the different storylines are fascinating. Like, um, I didn't know this, that they actually put out that call for all civilian naval ships to come and help evacuate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they had that guy took off on his pleasure boat, I'm like, why are you going to Dunkirk? Like, um, sorry, but you're three people. I don't think you're going to help anything <laughs> over there. But later in the movie, of course, it makes sense. But it's really interesting, their journey there and how, you know, they've run into different situations and love that storyline. The pilots, too. I mean, everything's really great. Like, all the different storylines are very inter- intricate and, um very beginning i thought i thought for sure like when they have those five guys walking down the street and they're getting shot at and uh they take off running and uh the one guy makes it and he's like uh, i'm english <laughs> trying to get the other his team to you know let him through i'm like i feel like you're not english <laughs> like i thought for sure like this is gonna be one of those movies where he's like He's a mole in, like, infiltrating them and a German spy, <laughs> just getting through. Uh, but I'm really glad it wasn't, like, that kind of a movie. It was very, very realistic. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the the three storylines, which makes up the whole movie, right? We have the mole, which is uh, where Tommy, who's kind of like the, the main-ish character in that, like, because uh, that's set over a week, by the way. The, the mole storyline is set over uh, the course of a week. That follows yeah. Tommy, played by uh, uh, Fionn Whitehead. Uh, that's the only way I can pronounce it. Fionn, Fionn, I, I, if that's... I think that's pretty accurate, Fionn. Okay. Um, right, so so that storyline takes the place over a week. Then we have um, uh, oh, the, the air which takes place over the course of an hour. And uh, what's this the other his, one? This is his sec- second acting gig, Fionn Whitehead, by the way. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah, he, definitely. I mean, I didn't... I thought he was a veteran acting. I've been, right? like, in movies since he was a kid or something. Like, he's been on three episodes of a TV miniseries and then went into Dunkirk. Like, that's crazy. This kid's gonna have quite the future now. Right. Um, wow. So then we have the sea, which is uh, the other storyline that takes place over the course of a day. Yeah. Okay. So uh, initially, these storylines are very separate from each other, right? So uh, the thing with, with Tommy, we see uh, his character. He kind of teams up with a couple of the soldiers, one played by Harry Styles uh, of One Direction fame. Who, um, as we said in our in our non-spoiler uh, review, uh, Terry, Harry Styles did a great job in this movie, right? He didn't. I didn't feel like it was a singer trying to be an actor out there. This was somebody who has, seems to have some dramatic chops because, like I said in the non-spoiler review, Christopher Nolan is a serious director, right? He makes serious films. Um, regardless of whether you love most of his films or not, he takes the craft seriously. He's not going to just hire uh, Harry Styles because Harry Styles wants to be in a movie. If Harry Styles just wanted to be in a movie and he had no talent, he could find an acting gig on some direct-to-video garbage, right? Um, (laughs) On the Emoji Movie. Right, on the Emoji (laughs) Movie. Um, 
but he's not. So after a few minutes, I didn't even recognize him as Harry Styles anymore. He was the character in the movie, and I never yeah. thought about Harry Styles, the singer, yeah. <laughs> at all through the rest of the movie. It was just this is the character he's playing. End of story. You know, and I think that is a testament to just the costume. Um, you know, the the great direction that he probably received and just his own, you know, performance as an actor because he was an actor in this movie and he did a really good job. So if people walk into this movie thinking that Harry Styles is going to be like, oh, it was a great movie, but Harry Styles, what a weak link. He was a terrible actor. If only he wasn't in the movie. No, don't worry about it, right? So it's a great movie. He's totally fine. Yeah. And obviously, if you're listening to this, then you probably have already seen Dunkirk, either that or... Uh, you don't care about spoilers, you know. Or like me and don't want to go into a war movie because you might be scared of what you might see and just want to know the facts before you watch it. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Uh, okay, so, you know, let's take each of these uh, each of these storylines and let's kind of break them down a little bit. Uh, so the mole, right? Uh, we have Tommy. He is walking with some of these other soldiers and... All of a sudden, they come under gunfire, heavy gunfire by Germans. By the way, this is the only time, and it's out of focus, that you get to see the Germans at all in this movie. That's it. Oh, I didn't even notice. Nope, you don't get to see them, you know, at all through the rest of the movie. And it's out of focus, so um, it makes them scarier because all you see are bullets flying. And every one of his comrades gets shot, and he manages to barely make it over the wall, uh, almost gets shot by his own guys because he comes upon um i I guess Uh, a a blockade a blockade right and uh manages to signal that he's you know he's a soldier with english soldier so he manages to to get past them they all give him the hard eyes and then all of a sudden gunfire comes and then he's kind of sprinting and he comes on the beach right and that's when we begin to see what really makes up this storyline, which is all of these soldiers are now in Dunkirk. And one of the things, if we backtrack a little bit, uh, at the very beginning of the, of the movie, the very opening like seconds, there are flyers falling everywhere. And they, when he, like, he picks one up and he looks at it, it says, um, you're here. And what it's supposed to show is what the Germans are really doing. They're pushing all of the soldiers back 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 further until they all get on the beach because on the beach they're easily picked off you know you just Mm -hmm. drop a bunch of bombs and kill everybody so like this is signaling exactly the intentions of of the army so um, and this is what kind of begins the journey for tommy at this point in the film because he gets to the beach and all of a sudden it's about survival and he meets up with a couple of guys, one played by, uh, like I said, Harry Styles. And um, we see uh, a bomber come down. He drops uh, uh, some bombs. Uh, there, are, there are guys flying everywhere. And one of the things that's great about this movie is that it's given a PG-13 rating because even though there's a lot of explosions and a lot of deaths, there's no flying limbs. You don't see blood flying everywhere. Like it, it's not that kind of movie. And it's not important necessarily to show that. Um, there's a lot of carnage without the blood. Uh, but one of the things that happens is there's a soldier in the aftermath they find and he's alive. So they get him on a stretcher and he and this other guy that he's just met are like running to, uh, the pier because at the pier there's a boat that's being filled up and uh, mostly with with wounded soldiers they they manage to get there just in time they get the guy on the boat and they try <laughs> they try initially to kind of just stow away on the boat and they're ordered to get off but they tr- they get off without really getting off they kind of <laughs> climb into the posts underneath the pier to try to hide out i think so they can maybe hop back on as it's pulling away or something yeah Um, that's what i thought too unfortunately uh more bombers come and they they hit the boat and it sinks and so they come back on you know to the pier and they get they get themselves wet because they want to look like they were on the boat so and that actually is to their benefit because um when it appears like they were on that boat um they are given preferential treatment in the form of getting them onto the next boat 
which comes yeah. by, right? So very smart, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, and so they're on this boat, right? And they're they're, they're down underneath. One of the guys, um, I'm trying to think what his name is. Uh, talking about the French one, or because uh, yeah. if it's the French guy, I don't think they actually gave him a name. He's literally listed as French soldier. <laughs> or are you talking about Gibson? I think it's Gibson. I think it's Gibson. Anyway, it's just the guy that's afraid. He like he won't go in to the boat. He stays outside. Um, he's the scared one, the one that that they later accuse of uh, being a mole. Um, so anyway, they get on this boat. Everyone is down underneath. They're getting food. Uh, they're celebrating. You know, they're getting out of there basically. And uh, that's when uh, a sub or a, yeah a submarine. Uh, fires the um, torpedo. Yeah, torpedo. Yeah, and it hits the boat, and there's a big explosion. Of course, it's going to sink. Um, and it's a good thing that 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 guy stayed outside because it he gets to the door just in time to open it up as it's sinking, and it allows um, it allows because it's filling up with water. Yeah, it allows it allows some people to escape, including Tommy. Um, so of course. <laughs> So of course they 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 make it back to to the beach, right? So they they all did all that work, tried so hard to get out of there, and it just led them back to the beach again. Yeah. Um. And so after that, uh, you have these core group of guys, right, including Tommy and Harry Styles character. Um. And so at some point, uh, they realize. As bad as things are, they need to try to find a way out of there. So they go down to the beach and they find a, a boat that's kind of washed up on shore. And they realize it's because it's low tide, right? So if they can just get in the boat, uh, once high tide comes, they can find a way to get it out and, uh, you know, be out at sea and they might be able to get away. Uh, they get in there and initially everything seems fine, but then the Germans start using the using it as target practice. So these bullets keep appearing, uh, bullet holes keep appearing, and so they're sitting in, they're like like sitting in a tin can with someone shooting bullets at you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. And like, so, that wasn't the smartest idea in hindsight. No, in hindsight, it's a very bad idea. Uh, so the high tide comes in, the, the, the boat's beginning to move out, but at this point, you feel like the Germans kind of realize, hey, we think there's people in there. Uh, at the same time, they want somebody to go up and look outside because there, there are, there, like the sound of maybe like boots on top or something. So uh, initially, they they want to get Harry. Um, no, no, not Harry Styles' character. The um, was, is it the the quiet one? He is French. Yeah, Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, Gibson. So they want him to go up there, and he doesn't want to. Um, of course. So then they accuse him of, of being a mole and you know, being a traitor. And then they confront Tommy to go up. If like if this guy's going to go up, you're going to go up. And and so like these are quickly these guys are quickly turning against one another. It's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Um, and so uh, eventually they get out onto the water, but it also begins to sink. Right, because there's a bunch of holes in it from mm-hmm. all the Germans shooting at it, and uh, it's crazy how quickly it turns into just like who we're gonna exile to get the boat ashore, like who we have to sacrifice. <laughs> it's like, and the way that they hate the French, I mean, that's like you're on the same team, like that's kind of crazy. But I mean, back then, I mean, sure, I mean, guess you gotta. I don't know, have differences with someone who's not like you. Uh, I guess it's kind of the same nowadays, too. It's like, apparently what we do. <laughs> so right. they just pick on the French. I guess so. I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, so they, they get off the boat, and they manage to, to crawl up on top of a, a small shipping boat, right, that they, they, they get to just in time. Um, and so that, that kind of is the, the first storyline 
right? That that's the basic events of how that plays out. Um, we also see, you know, in that storyline, we see Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. He's like the commanding officer at the pier. Um, you know, he also is somebody that that after everybody gets out of there, he's going to stay behind to help the French. So that's that's a nice uh, moment in that storyline. Uh, so that's storyline number one, and that takes place over the course of a week. Okay. There's a, a moment in this storyline that uh, something happened in my theater that made me really appreciate why this movie is important. And when I walked into the theater, I was the youngest person in that room. Uh, everybody else with me had to be 60 years or older. Um, it wasn't too packed, like uh, maybe a quarter full, but it was just all like gray-haired couples watching this movie and me. And... Um, Behind me, down a few seats, uh, was this... He had to be the oldest person in the room. He looked like he was in his late 80s, maybe early 90s, and he had to be with his... I think it was his wife. Um, but in the moment when the German uh, airplane is coming in, you hear like the siren screech of the airplane um, for the bombing attack. Uh, this guy, he had to put his hands over his ears, and he was just so upset by the sound of that. So he had to have, like, been in the war. <laughs> like, I can't... Uh, he was so upset by it. Like, he had to have been in one of the wars, like, or smaller, like, you know, battles or whatnot. But he was so upset by it, and that made me, like, God, you know, there are people in this room who might have actually been at war. <laughs> and, like we need to like seriously take this seriously and be respectful of like cause this is so he's done it so well it made me really appreciate what chris Nolan was doing right it you know that's a um both it's an affecting story and a sad story because um whether or not he was say at the battle of dunkirk which is possible um yeah. he probably was somebody who had been at war and probably you know if he's in his Let's say he's in his 90s or late 80s, early 90s. Then you know he probably would have been at this point just old enough to go into World War II. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure there were also just you know younger men, maybe 16 or so, also going off into war, right. just sneaking through. Yep. Uh, right. So that makes up the the first storyline. The second storyline is the sea. All right. So. Um, with this storyline, uh, we have uh, a character played by, by Mark Rylance, uh, Mr. Dawson. Uh, we also have his son, and we have this other character named George. He appears to be as one of his son's friends um, from school. Uh, they're both down at the docks, and it looks like that the, uh, the army is taking over. The, the British Army is taking over like any of these vessels uh, because they need to be used to go get the people, right? Um, but there's a distress, a distress call that, that uh, Mr. Dawson knows about that they're, they're looking for people to go and get the men off of you know Dunkirk, the island, to get them back home uh, because yeah. it seems like every vessel that the Army sends uh, is like prime targets for um, all these, these bombers, all these fighter pilots. So uh, we see uh, Mr. Dawson, his son, and, and George, they go off um, by themselves. They pull out of the harbor to go help. And this takes place over the course of a day. Uh, along the way, as they're, as they're kind of moving along, uh, there is a downed plane. They find a man sitting on the plane. Uh, they pick him up, and the man seems a bit out of it. He's played by... Uh, uh, what's his, the actor's name? It's uh, uh, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy, that's right. Um, excellent actor, by the way. Yes. Uh, so, so he's great. Uh, he's you know traumatized, PTSD symptoms, of course, uh, and everything's fine initially for the most part until he finds out that they're going to, to the to Dunkirk, um, and he gets so angry, like he's so afraid. You can tell. Like, the, he would rather be anywhere but back there. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Dawson is resolute in going to help. Like, this is what he's going to do. And so a fight breaks out. And in the ensuing battle, it causes George to be knocked down the stairs that lead to, like, the bottom of the boat. And uh, 
when he he hits the floor, you know, they immediately like um, Mr. Dawson's son goes down to help out uh, to find out if George is okay, and that's when they find out that George can't see. And yeah, also, that's yeah. bad sign. Yeah, it's bad, and there's obviously some kind of something going on in his head, a hemorrhage of some kind, whatever. Um, and so he just tries to make him comfortable, but unfortunately, it isn't uh, long before George is, is in fact, uh, he dies, unfortunately. And he, he is... only finds out because although when they're rescuing soldiers from uh, a downed ship, um, they go downstairs to, you know, just for, to make space and... Uh, they tell him like they're they're moving him. He's like, hey, be careful with him. I and mean, they tell him like he's dead, mate. Right. Bloody better be careful. <laughs> right. God, that was, that was such a heavy moment to just shock. Like that was a great moment. Uh, not like great as in the story wise, but like great as in like the effect. Uh, it was very heavy, and it really hit you hard. Right, yeah, because it's affecting that he's never done anything in his life, and this was what he wanted to do to prove to his father that he had done something, and uh, that was his primary reason for going along was to to like prove something to both his father and to himself, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, he died, and it's just again, it's it's like that cold, um, emotionless. I, I, in a way, I guess, kind of like, look, people die in so many situations. Not not everybody gets to be heroes, and not everyone gets to, you know, have their moment in the sun. Sometimes you just die. End of story. Yeah. You know, like George died not in some fluke accident. Jo- yeah, George didn't die in this movie doing some glorious heroic moment. You know, where he he didn't like dive in the water and save someone's life, and in doing so died in the process. He just he died because a guy was was trying to wrestle control of the you know the boat and in doing so he gets knocked down the stairs hits his head and he dies not long after that's it you know yeah, exactly um I, I appreciate that because in the context of war and and just life i mean things happen and you could be a good person and have this happen to you you know so and one of the things that that was great writing is that his friend the the boy peter um, when Cillian's going to check on him, make sure that the kid's still okay, he asks him, like, kid's still okay? And he turns to me and just says, yeah, he's, he's fine. Like, he doesn't, like, he, he's old enough and understands that this person is in shell shock and has seen horrible things and that this was an accident and it wasn't really his fault and wasn't going to demonize him for it. And I love that. It was great writing. It is great writing. It's true. Yeah, he wasn't going to lay that that kid's death on this guy's shoulders uh, because it's very well possible that had he found out that he died, he he may have just killed himself, you know. Um, Well, there is this moment um, at the end when all the soldiers are getting off the boat, when they finally got into a safe place. You could blink and you'd miss it, but you can see Cillian Murphy down on the, the boardwalk and he's watching the soldiers get off and he sees the body come off the the ship and you see Peter see him seeing that body and then a oh, soldier right. walks by and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was amazing writing too. Like, that that you know what I forgot about that that completely. Yeah, thank you for reminding me cuz I did see that and I completely forgot about it. Yes, great great moment. Um Yeah, so uh so that happens. So they, they're trying to get these guys on board because um, in the previous storyline, the one on the sea, I've got to mention, there's a part where um, one of the um, one of the ships carrying carrying men gets hit by bombers, and it, it was after uh, Tommy and his guy, the guys in his that little boat, they get out of there. They first start swimming towards this boat, and then all of a sudden, it gets hit with bombs, and uh, it falls, it kind of, it's, it sinks, right? Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it also releases a bunch of oil. Yeah. Right. And so they suddenly go and get on, they need to get on the boat, the um, Mr. Dawson's boat. So, um, again, these, this is the storylines converging, right? So at this point in time, the C storyline and the Mole storyline are both converging at this point. 
Um, and so that's what gets a lot of these guys on the boat, including Tommy and um, I believe Alex as well. Harry Styles' character, Alex. Um, all right. So so that's kind of what happens there. And uh, once they get the guys on board and fill it to like full capacity, they start heading heading back towards the mainland, uh, which isn't that far. It's like from Dunkirk to like the mainland. It's only like 30 miles. So, yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's not that far. They can almost see it. They say more than once in this movie. Right. So as they're moving back towards the mainland, um, there's a bomber that, that keeps trying to hit them. And uh, there's also a dogfight, and we're going to get to that in a minute. And the plane ends up getting shot down, thankfully, uh, just before, I believe, it's, he, it gets shot down just before he ends up hitting them. Um and that they move forward and get to the mainland. That's like you said, when they exit, all the guys get off. Um, they get, they take the body off the boat. And uh, as Alex is walking by, one man tells him um, that he should be proud that you know that he survived, um, because Alex doesn't understand. You know, like he hasn't done anything like he felt particularly heroic or anything that, that means he, that he should be proud of being a soldier. And the man indicates that surviving just the fact that you've survived is, is good enough. So and I couldn't understand why he wasn't looking like he, they made a comment of like that old guy can't even look at us. He's so disappointed. Like I didn't understand why he wasn't looking at them. Like I, for don't think for a second that he was anyway disappointed in them uh but i was i was curious as to why he wasn't even looking at them what if he was blind or something like i that part didn't make too much sense <laughs> i'm not really sure about why he wasn't looking at any of them i i suppose maybe just seeing the horror on their faces is probably unsettling maybe yeah, uh seeing possibly. the 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 everything that's happened to them is going to be on written on their faces and it might be just something that the guy has seen enough of and he's just there to provide some encouraging comments uh, you know but regardless um you know they get off and they've survived they they've literally survived to get on a train um you know they get they get sodas they're heading back and when they do get back uh um what did you say was this Peter? Peter ends up ends up finding going to the newspaper place and uh, putting a story about how George, the boy who died, um, how he he helped you know save lives and that he was a hero because that way his father could see that he was a hero um, even though he he died. Yeah, I, I like that. That and like some people could see that and be like, well what do you mean he was like a Dunkirk war hero <laughs> like he didn't really do anything but uh it's when you catch it yeah it's that to show his family that he died like a hero and he didn't die for nothing because you don't want to go back to someone's parents and really also be like your kid tagged along and he fell down the stairs and died <laughs> you, you want them to you want them to feel also the same way that George wanted them to feel is that proud of their son and they put the story together to give that to them. And yeah, really great touch. Yeah, and so uh, we get to our third storyline and that is the heir. Um, here we have Tom Hardy, right? And he is uh, yes. a fighter. Yes, he's a fighter pilot up there. Um, his job, of course, is to take down any of the enemy pilots, any of the bombers. Um, and I'm trying to, think, trying to find his name. Um, uh, oh, Tom Hardy's the character's name? Uh, uh, so hard to keep track of names. Um, uh, Farrier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Farrier. And then his, um, his buddy up in the air with him, Collins. Um. So, these two guys are up there. They're kind of like a team, I guess. Uh, and so they kind of work together. They're taking down these these planes. And it's really interesting watching how fighter pilots used to 
to do it back then because today you have all this technology in yeah you know but back then i mean you just kind of lined them up in your sights and you just shot and you had to use your ingenuity um tactics and strategies up there which i mean you use that today too there's no doubt about it but um but considering that these (laughs) these planes lack the technology of today you had to really be on your toes otherwise you're going to be dead and uh yes these two guys work together and most of the storyline can consists of them uh, just kind of flying along. Sometimes they're being chased in, uh, by guys. Sometimes they're doing the, the ones pursuing, uh, shooting down guys. Uh, but at some point in the, like the flying along in the fight, Farrier's uh, gauge, gas gauge, gets um, broken by a bullet. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he doesn't know how much gas he has. So his buddy Collins ends up at certain points telling him how much gas he has so that Ferrier can use a piece of chalk and he writes down exactly how much gas he should have left. Uh, But then Collins goes down. uh, He's okay, uh, kind of. Uh, So he goes down. uh, He indicates when he's in the water, he puts his arm out the window to indicate to Ferrier that he's okay. And Ferrier moves on. And I want to just briefly jump back to the, to the sea storyline, because as uh, Mr. Dawson and Peter are kind of, you know, making their way to Dunkirk, uh, uh, Collins is on, is in the water at this point and Ferrier has already flown off and he realizes, unfortunately, that he can't get out, that his, his cockpit, like the, I guess the way to get out has been jammed. Like he can't, he can't mm-hmm. open it up. And so he's, you know, he's pounding it with anything that'll like can break it. It's not, it's not working. And it's being submerged in water. Water's filling up the cockpit. And just when all hope seems lost, Peter ends up breaking it with, I can't remember what it was, a bat, or something, like something, a metal pipe. I don't know what it was, but yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, right, right. You're right. An or, uh, so he breaks it, uh, Collins manages to get out, and that's how Collins ends up uh, getting on the boat with Mr. Dawson, and that's officially how the the uh, air and the sea storylines you know, combine. So they combine first before the sea storylines ever converge with the mole storyline. Um, so anyway, let's move uh, back with Ferrier. So Ferrier is moving along. Now he doesn't have his, his buddy with him, so he doesn't know how much gas he has. So at this point, it's just a guessing game. And it, there's some true suspense in this movie. Just gut-wrenching suspense because this whole time, you can see it on Ferrier's face. He knows that gas is precious. He knows that he doesn't have a whole lot of time up here left. And yet, he can't not keep going. There are moments where he's really debating. You can tell whether he actually wants to keep pursuing uh, some fighter pilot. But he does, even when it goes against his possibilities of survival, whether it be because he runs out of gas and crashes and dies, or whether just by being up in the air and staying up there, someone ends up shooting him down. Um, but that's some truly suspenseful stuff in this, in this film, which I really, really love. Um, so as he moves along, he's taking out guys, he's taking fire, he's shooting, you know, and taking these guys out. And, uh, at some point, um, you know, he does, help out with mr dawson and collins down there he does take out the one the one pilot who is he keeps trying to drop bombs on them and shoot them and kill the or break up the ship uh he ends up taking them down and then he moves on to dunkirk and at this point his gas gauge runs out and he turns on the the emergency gas that he has left and with just with what little he has left he's able to take out a few more pilots he runs out of gas and then he's just coasting along i guess along dunkirk back and (laughs) right and he's just he takes out i believe a couple more guys a couple more planes before he ultimately um lands his plane doesn't crash lands his plane sets it on fire and then he's captured i believe by the german soldiers so yeah and there's a moment where he opens the cockpit to uh probably just shoot out and let it crash uh, but you can just, it's great that they even added this in, but he sees he's too low, so he knows he has to land the plane, and he's going to be landing it near German territory, 
And so he's got to be smart about it and burn the plane mm-hmm. and just kind of peacefully surrender to them. Like, right. Very smart. Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, as you see this movie, like all three storylines converge. They all come together at some point. And then also we also get the rest of all the ships because they come in uh, to Dunkirk. Um, all these little boating ships, shrimp ships, fish ships, whatever, uh recreational uh, vessels that people have, but but people are risking their lives. They're risking being bombed, shot, killed uh, by coming in and, and taking these soldiers off of that beach. Um, it's an act of, truly an act of heroism. And we talk about in this movie about how kind of cold and clinical it is to a certain extent. And that's true, I believe, to a certain extent because it's showing war in an unglamorous way. Now, this isn't about people doing great heroics, you know, getting injured, carrying a bunch of people, you know, out of the jungle. Those are all wonderful things. Don't get me wrong. Anybody that does anything like that deserves, I mean, they deserve what they get, right? Um, I understand that. But this isn't about that. It's about, it's about survival. It's about getting to the next day. This is war. It's just very unglamorous. And like I think we said um off, off uh, mic that um, I felt like the most glamorous, more wise, and the betrayal of this was Tom Hardy's farrier up there, you know, heroically taking down soldiers long after he should have landed his plane, um, yeah. taking down planes. But there's one other act of heroism uh, blatant, and it's all of these boats coming in and all the soldiers that are cheering and crying because they now have a chance to survive and it's a miracle right and it's the miracle and all these people have risked their lives to come in here and help these soldiers out that's true heroism these are people that don't have to come in and risk their lives but they do and um i I got a little i got a little misty in that moment (laughs) i gotta gotta say yeah faith in humanity restored kind of moment right um yeah so is there anything in these uh storylines you want to talk about in particular any scenes that really pop out at you covered them all really right um yeah i i one thing that we need to talk about in this movie is just the pure amount of suspense um the way that this movie operates rather it's not just about the different storylines and how they kind of converge that's that's fine but there's always suspense going on rarely rarely and, and i say that rarely is there a moment where there's nothing suspenseful going on on screen um, if one scene in one or one storyline of things start to calm down a little bit, we shift to the air and they're in the middle of a dogfight. If things come down a little bit there, then boom, we move back to uh, the mole storyline and something crazy is going on there. So it's like anytime one storyline begins to kind of calm down a little bit before it ramps back up, in that calm area, it shifts to another storyline where things are not <laughs> calm. It's very suspenseful. Things are getting crazy. And so it causes this whole movie to just be suspense, suspense, suspense constantly. It's just, it gets under your skin. You're con- like, you're sweating. You're constantly nervous. You're just like gripping your seat. You just, it, it's a truly powerful aspect of this film. And one, I don't think uh, can be talked about enough because it does a superb job. It's a two hour movie. And it was one of the best two hour movies I've seen in a long time. Um, but to have only two hours in a war film, is crazy most war films are two and a half two hours and 45 minutes but two hours it's because there was just constant suspense and it never let up yeah it was constant movement throughout the whole movie Uh, you didn't feel anything was stale or lingering too long on something it was just quick fast paced but not in a like we need to hurry kind of way just to this is what we're focusing on in the story kind of way like everything flowed and had good good movement to it mm. yeah it uh it really helps out with a story like this to just keep things uh in terms of the narrative and the momentum constantly moving forward uh so that's really great uh nolan nolan's camera work is phenomenal and the cinematography in this film is just exceptional stuff um uh, looking at the the cinematographer for this movie um 
It's uh, Voy, Voy, or Van Hoytema, <laughs> I think if, is how you pronounce it. Hoyt Van Hoytema. Yeah. Man, that sounds Egyptian or something. I, I don't, but anyway, he he's, uh, does an excellent job here with his um, really, Swiss. really just crisp, clear, wonderful camera work on display here. And, you know, he's as much responsible for that as, as uh, Nolan is, really. And, of course, the music's by Hans Zimmer, always, with Nolan Films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's his go-to man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, rightfully so, he is the best. <laughs> uh, Zimmer does great stuff. I think I just think he and, and Nolan are just simpatico. They, they feed off one another. You know, they're... Uh, Zimmer really extracts a lot from Nolan's work um, in a way I don't think he does with a lot of other um, directors and I think I think Nolan knows knows that and so he crafts you know films that have a lot of really great stuff that allows Zimmer to really just come up with some phenomenal scores for his films yeah completely agree he's uh they're when they go together, it's just like you know it's a Nolan film when you hear Zimmer, and they're just symbiotic. It's got a great relationship there. So the um, here's some trivia for you. The uh, after the first um, firsthand accounts of the extraction of the soldiers at Dunkirk, uh, it revealed how young and experienced the soldiers were there, and that caused him to actually cast young. Uh, very young actors to be in these roles. These aren't, you know, hardened veteran actors or older older guys. He decided to, you know, hire people that kind of were like the same thing, kind of young and inexperienced, which is why Fionn Whitehead only has a couple acting credits and Harry Styles is, you know, same thing, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He does a good job with that. Yeah. Um... So what 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 are the things about this movie that you like most of all? I guess if you have to pick like one or two things that really stand out above everything else, uh, it's the storyline um, at the sea with um, Peter, George, and Cillian Murphy, and um, the older guy driving the boat. Uh, that storyline really struck a chord. Uh, it was very powerful. Um, just because they're just a small, tiny boat, but they encom- they encounter bombings and uh, you know fighting and planes going down like on their way just to get to Dunkirk and you know, the they're one boat, but they make a big difference and uh, the storyline like so well played with Silly Murphy, um, what happens with George and the Peter's reactions and how cool he stays and level-headed brilliant writing that's got to be hands down my favorite storyline well i I just read that um you know christopher nolan and his wife emma uh, thomas and a friend actually rowed on a boat across the same span of sea that uh the people going you know to get the soldiers uh would have crossed if they were on boats back uh, during the, the the extraction of Dunkirk, so it took them nineteen hours due to the severe Holy weather. Moly. They, yeah, nineteen hours due to the severe weather that <laughs> wow. they uh, encountered. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess like the sea is a day, so it makes sense. But it just doesn't feel like that. You know, <laughs> felt like they got there pretty quick. Yeah, because they moved the the storyline along pretty quickly. The narrative just kind of just kept boom, boom, moving forward. But yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. Michael, Michael Caine's in this. Oh, he has a voiceover. He's the guy talking yeah. to um, um, Tom Hardy, all the the pilots. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really great. Like, of course, Michael Caine's in it. Michael Caine is in everything that has to do with English. <laughs> Um, they they actually you know they used fifty boats for this this movie out in the sea fifty boats mm-hmm. which is the most ever used in a film. Wow, mm-hmm. that's surprising. One thing that was like my only problem like with this movie my only problem is that 
they talk about how there's 400,000 men at Dunkirk and you look down the beach and you see like 30 guys. <laughs> uh, that was the one thing that I'm like, okay, where's everybody else? Like, how long is this beach? <laughs> right. I, I guess the beach actually was pretty long. So uh, I could see why it might look that way. That's the only thing I could think of is, um, and they probably had to try to make it feel like there's a lot of guys there, but of course they only have, you know, maybe a thousand guys or something there that they had to kind of shoot in various ways to make it look like there's, you know, a whole slew of people there at, at Dunkirk. But yeah, um, I really have a lot of, I have a hard time really saying anything bad about this movie, which yeah, is, I'm, I'm being it. quite honest here. I, you know, some people stated that, you know, without having a true protagonist, you know, someone to really, you know, get behind that, uh, there isn't anybody you really root for and therefore you really don't care if they were to die or not. And I don't really think that's, I mean, okay. I can't say that's not a fair criticism because any criticism itself is fair. I, I guess I don't agree with it. I guess what I'm saying, because by not having a single protagonist who we follow throughout the film for the two hour runtime, um, that doesn't, that doesn't make it a bad, a bad movie. It's not a bad decision. I think because what he's trying to depict here is three separate storylines. Um, it's going to be hard for anybody to just exist within those three storylines in a movie like this. And so I think he decided, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to make one character be the like de facto main character. That would that would be disingenuous. Uh, it would also um, make it hard to balance, I think, the three storylines by placing so much importance on a single character, which is why I don't feel like Tom Hardy's character is any um, uh, farrier is any more important than um, um, Thomas. And I don't think that they're more important than um, Mr. Dawson on the boat. Yeah. You know, those are like the, the, you could exactly. argue those are like the three main characters um, and none of them feel more important than any other because they shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's pretty equal in this movie. Uh, no one is really like, I don't mean it doesn't like stand out, but it's just like everyone has their part to play and they play it well. And it's, it's very realistic. It's not about glorifying one person and demonizing another. It's everybody's kind of, everyone's fighting the same battle and it's about individual stories and yeah, it's very well done. Right. Um, I just want to give kudos to hiring Harry Styles for this movie because um, he stated that hiring Harry Styles for this movie was a lot like hiring Heath Ledger for the Joker because when Heath Ledger was actually cast as the Joker, there was a big uproar online. People thought, oh, yes. this is a terrible choice. How could you make that decision? This, you know, So they bemoaned the casting choice until they saw the film and you know, all of a sudden he's the, the best Joker, one of the best characters of all time. So um, he kind of made it. Derek, um, he hired Harry Styles with the same thing in mind, which is people underestimate him and wait till you see him on film. I think you'll be surprised. And guess what? You're surprised. Yeah. When it comes to Christopher Nolan after, you know, the Heath Ledger and, you know, reiterating it again with here with Harry Styles, like whoever he hires, you can just take it to the bank that they're going to do their job well and no one should have a problem with it because clearly no one's proven that people will surprise you given the chance. Correct. Yes. Um, you know, we have other, other actors in this movie. Kenneth Branagh, uh, plays the, the commander at the pier. Um, in a true Kenneth Branagh fac uh, fashion, he's excellent here. Um, yeah, he's great. you know, he doesn't have a ton of screen time, but what little he does have throughout the movie is uh, pretty impactful. Um, he and he's he's one of the best actors uh, alive. So he brings uh, real gravitas, I think, to, to his performance in this movie. Um, but everyone does a great job here. All the acting is is top notch. I thought Tom Hardy again wearing a mask. <laughs> Can he ever not wear a mask? But um, yeah, wearing a not mask. Not in Nolan's yeah. world. <laughs> no. Um, but wearing a mask, he, he again using his eyes is able to to do so much with so little 
Um, and I think he did a great job. Uh, Fionn Whitehead, uh, great job, especially for somebody that hasn't done much acting. We, we did talk about Harry Styles and how good a job he did. Um, Mark Rylance, Oscar winner from last year, I believe last year. Um, you know, he, he does uh, a great job too. It's just everyone does a great job here. Everyone brings their good, their best um, from the big actors to the smaller parts. Um, it's just all top-notch stuff across the board. So, yeah, it's just great. So, Truly, yeah. All right, let's get to, um, I think, our... Um, let's get to our, our grades and our final thoughts. So, Sarah, what are your final thoughts and your grade for for this movie? So, yeah, as I've talked about, I went into this movie just kind of being like, okay, Michael picked it, I have to go and watch it. Uh, and not really feeling it but when i sat down and it started and it's true nolan uh from the get-go it was just completely worth seeing and i think watching it and experiencing seeing somebody else have a reaction to the sirens like how realistic and probably accurate they are like it just makes you think and remember that like god these people were real like people went through this and people went through and saw horrible things and we need to respect the story and give it its shining lights and young people should absolutely go out and see this I highly recommend it I think it's quite important that we need to remember that we get really wrapped up in our millennial lives <laughs> and uh, we sweat small stuff that in the big picture really doesn't matter uh, and it's important to see something like this and remember that there are true horrors out in the world. Uh, so I think Nolan did a phenomenal job. I mean, every actor did their A-game, as in every Nolan movie. Um, music, wonderful. Stories, impeccable. The way they cross over and connect, incredible. Um, except for maybe how many soldiers they have on the beach, I have zero problems with this movie. I think it's phenomenal, and... You know, Oscar people, you need to take note of this one. It certainly deserves many Oscars. Um, it's it's an A plus for me. Seriously, it deserves it. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, look, um, there are a lot of war films out there. There are a lot of classic war films, and I haven't seen every you know great war film out there, but I've I've seen uh, a lot of what most people would call the the best of the the best um you know i've seen platoon many times i've seen um full metal jacket apocalypse now you know um i've even seen uh, born on the fourth of july which is less of a war film in particular but but kind of a, a drama uh, in the aftermath of war kind of thing but um i've seen obviously saving private ryan the thin red line um all of those you know, kind of quintessential war films, uh, Schindler's List, which is um, just gut wrenching. But anyway, yes. um, I can honestly say that Dunkirk deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as those movies. Uh, that's the quality on display here. It really is uh, a phenomenal. It's a phenomenal war film, but it's just a phenomenal film. Uh, it, it utilizes uh, some creative um, uh, interplay between connected storylines to illustrate different facets of what the Battle of Dunkirk was about and all the elements that played into the survival or the lack of survival that, uh, you know, afflicted these soldiers. You know, not all of them made it off the beach some of them died. Some got hit with bombs. Some got hit with uh, gunfire. You know, I, but this was um, a defining moment in the film. It was actually deemed one of the worst, like the biggest disasters of of the time because you know they didn't hold the beach. They 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 failed. I guess you could say at least Winston Churchill said that uh, without realizing that the fact that a lot of these these men survived it all is a testament unto itself. Uh, but the direction is really top-notch here. Uh, the screen, the script was only 76 pages long, so there wasn't a ton of dialogue, but 
Uh, it was sparing, and they used it when it was needed. The performances are stellar. Uh, the cinematography is outstanding. Some of the best camera work uh, that, that, if not the best camera work that Nolan's ever done. Um, this is just a tour de force in just about every facet you can ask a film to be. It's powerful. It's unflinching. Uh, it's the suspense level is through the roof. Kind of like the suspense level is like similar to like I don't know, like a really scary movie, like a really good scary movie, like Alien or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, just the level of, of suspense. But it's all throughout this movie. Um, the level of dread is just with you constantly. Um, yeah, this is just a great film. You should go see it. You shouldn't just see it because it's a war movie. You shouldn't just see it because Harry Styles is in it. Um, you should go watch this movie because it's an important film. And uh, everyone should see it, I think, in my opinion, should see it at least one time because uh, it deserves to be seen. So uh, it's got to be an A-plus for me because um, it's not about the Oscars, the nominations it could get, the, the awards it could win. And I hope it does. But uh, apart from any of that, it's just a great movie. Um, so kudos to Nolan for crafting maybe the best, pure best film he's ever done uh, in terms of every facet. Um, but just kudos to just creating and kind of giving us a, an opportunity to understand something that happened during World War II that doesn't get enough attention, and that's the Battle of Dunkirk, or the extraction of Dunkirk, the evacuation of Dunkirk, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It it it's a, it's a part of World War II that doesn't give enough, get enough attention. Uh, the Battle of uh, Normandy, the, the D-Day battle, gets all uh, of the attention, uh, but there are so many other points in the war that deserve it too, and um, Dunkirk is one of them. So, yeah, great movie. Um, top-notch. Completely agree. Um, so I think that wraps up our review of Dunkirk. Um, if you all have some points of yourself or we missed something, please send some feedback to us. Give us your thoughts, especially this movie. We really want to hear uh, if anyone has anything to say about it because we obviously loved it. Um, you can send it to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com or reach out to me on Twitter at freakgeeksmedia. Um, and also, if you would be so kind as hop on to iTunes, iTunes and give us a rating or review, it's deeply appreciated. Um, yeah, it'd be lovely. All right, I guess that's it for us guys uh, and girls. Um, have a good week. Uh, of course, we'll be back next week with a new movie. Um, I don't think we know exactly what we're going to be reviewing yet, do we? I think it's the Dark Tower. Is it the Dark? Is it the Dark Tower? Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So tentatively, it's going to be the Dark Tower. I wasn't entirely sure if we had picked that or not, but um, we'll double check if it changes. Um, then obviously it won't be the Dark Tower, but it'll be something else. But uh, all right. So it could be the Dark Tower. Probably will be the Dark Tower. Hopefully it'll be good. Uh, looking forward to that one. Big uh, Stephen King fan. Uh, I've read uh, most of the the Dark Tower book series, so I'm really looking forward to it. So um, yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week with the Dark Tower. Have it until then. Have a good one, and we'll catch you next time. Later, geeks.